Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. So friends, today on the show, we're talking about how to breathe new life in your quiet time routine. I know that I'm not telling you anything new when I say that this year has been crazy, and I'm pretty sure that my time with God every day is the only thing that has kept me sane through it all. But here's the thing. Even though it's so needed and so beneficial, creating a habit of spending time with God each day isn't easy. And even once we do get into the habit, sometimes once it's been a habit for a while, our time with God can grow a little bit stale. It makes sense, right? Like anything grows stale if we do the same thing every single day. But that's why I'm so excited about this episode. Today, I'm talking with my dear friends, Mari and Lindsay, the hosts of an incredible podcast called The Pause Podcast. And today they're going to teach us some really practical and easy ways of breathing new life into our quiet times. But here's the thing. Even though the things that they're going to share with us are practical and easy to implement, they make the biggest difference. I know you guys are going to love this conversation and the tools they have to share as much as I do. Their wisdom and these tools have helped me connect with God in new and deeper ways, which is exactly what I've needed this year. I cannot wait for you to hear from them. But before we dive in, and speaking of connecting with God, I have a resource I wanted to make sure to share with you. It's called the Lipstick Gospel Devotional, and this is what it's all about. The Lipstick Gospel Devotional is a 90-day devotional to help you consistently connect with God, hearing from Him, trusting His plans, and feeling His presence in your everyday life. In this devotional, we talk about how to consistently spend time with God and feel connected to Him well beyond your morning quiet times, how to trust the plans God has for your life and how to figure out what those plans are, how to step into your God-given identity feeling truly beautiful and good enough in your skin, how to keep your faith strong in the midst of transition, uncertainty, and really hard days, how to add more joy, more delight, and even more whimsy into your everyday life, and so much more. This devotional is the perfect companion as you're diving deeper into the Bible, and if you're looking for ways to grow in your faith these days, I would love to share it with you. To pick up a copy, you can go to my shop. It's smaywilsonshop.com, or you can click the link in my Instagram profile. I'm at smaywilson over on Instagram. Okay, now without any further ado, let's hop into the episode with Mari and Lindsay. Guys, I'm so excited for who I get to introduce you to today. I'm sitting here with one of my best friends in the world, Mari, and with her podcast partner, Lindsay, and I'm so excited for you to meet them. Well, to be fair, Mari, if they've been listening to Girls' Night for a while, like you guys have probably met Mari. You're probably old friends at this point, right? (laughs) I hope so. I mean, yeah, but uh, Lindsay, I'm so glad to get to connect with you and to get to introduce you to the women. You guys have been doing such amazing work together, and I'm so excited to give everyone a taste of that. And so for anyone like who's starting from the beginning, who hasn't met either of you, can you guys tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourselves? Lindsay, you want to go first? Yes, I'll I'll jump in. You're the newbie. Yes, I'm Lindsay. Knuckles is my last name, which I think is kind of cool. Um, I live in Fort Mill, South Carolina, which is like 10 minutes from uh, the border of Charlotte and North Carolina. So we're right there. Um, I'm a pastor. I'm at a church in Fort Mill and I work pretty exclusively with middle school students who I think are the best people on the planet. 
Um, and then a fun fact about me, um, when I was younger, I really feel like this is a fun fact about me. My favorite toy was a tape recorder. Remember those? <laughs> yeah, it was one of my favorite toys. That's why we're podcast co-hosts. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> I had this whole show about me and I was the host and it was like a talk show. I was the host and the characters and did commercials. So that's it. That's Lindsay, that's amazing. I did the same thing, except for I made my sister do, I think my sister did the the commercials and she had the highest pitch voice at that point. And every, like every time she'd introduce a new idea, she'd go, okay, so, and then she'd like dive in. I, you guys, we are meant to be the three of us. We are just living our best lives. Yeah. That's crazy that we all did that. Cause I had my own show too. Mine was Mari's talk show, but Lindsay, did you use your name or were you Bailey? So yeah, I was the Bailey Ginger show, which I have no idea where that comes from, but that was my name, Bailey Ginger. So Bailey was Ginger was Lindsay's alter ego like, stuff. I know that because we've been friends for long enough. I want an alter ego. Yeah. <laughs> it's free. Free. It's free. Be free. I think that it's free. Like you don't even have to pay for one. That, that, is, that is so amazing. I love that so much. Okay. Uh, Mari, go ahead. Tell us who you are, what you do and a fun fact about yourself. Okay. So I'm Mari. If you guys follow me on some sort of social media, you've probably seen Mar- that my name is, my full name is Mari Co. I go by Mari for short. Um, I live in Nashville. Steph and I are good friends. I am also very pregnant as we're recording this episode. So if you hear me huffing and puffing, it's because my lungs just really don't have a lot of room in there. Yes. Yeah, we're both really pregnant at the time of recording. You guys will hear this after our babies are all here, which is awesome. Oh my goodness. But the reason we're recording is because there are a bunch of babies about to show up. So that's why this is so pre-recorded. Oh my goodness. I'm like already out of breath. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be bad. So I live in Nashville. I'm a writer and I co-host this podcast with Lindsay that we were talking about. I've got two girls at home already. I've got a five-year-old named Ada and a two-year-old named Noah that a lot of you are very familiar with. They're crazy kids and they make us laugh all day, every day. And uh, fun fact. Okay. So I forgot to, to run this one by you, Steph. I had a couple in mind and now that my mind's blanking, except for the one that I told Lindsay about. And we had already decided that it was like TMI, but now <laughs> it's all I can remember. So I'm just going to share that. <laughs> yes, exactly. Perfect. Perfect. Bring it up. It's a, it's a, it's a pregnancy TMI. So okay. I feel like it's a little more acceptable. So Steph, I don't know if you've been experiencing this, but every morning put my deodorant on one swipe is good enough for the left armpit. I'm good to go all day long on lefty. My right armpit, I need to reapply my deodorant like at least four times a day <laughs> on, oh. just my, on just my right <laughs> armpit. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's like a weird pregnancy thing, I think. I've never experienced this before. Mm. <laughs> I, is that a fun fact isn't that fun isn't that such a fun fact i can't stop laughing i love it first of all i love that you said on lefty like like oh yeah an old lefty here this yeah. is lefty yeah old That's, lefty. that is hilarious and now i'm not going to be able to like stop thinking like i'm not i'm all of a sudden very aware of my armpits yeah, you're gonna have to give yourself the sniff test throughout the day yeah seriously man okay that's amazing um mari this is uh just something that made me laugh and is still making me laugh, even though it was a couple weeks ago. 
Can you just, you know, you said we're really familiar with your kids. They're so funny. Can you just tell us about their, like, um, evening exchange the other night? Like, Noah woke up in the middle of the night and was yelling something in Ada's response. I can't stop laughing about it. So I just need you guys to know what happened. (laughs) Wait, you mean as they're falling asleep? I think so, yeah. So we very recently, you know, thought it was a great idea. Even though we have rooms for each of our kids, we're like, they should share a room. That's like a beautiful sibling bonding thing. Let's go for it because we just love to introduce chaos to our lives. So we put them in the same room for bedtime. And the problem is that Ada, Ada's like my rule follower. She's like my, my structure kid. So she's like, it is bedtime. Now I will lay in my bed with my blankets up to my chest and close my eyes and fall asleep. Noah is my wild child who hates any, any rules and structure. And so she's like, you're going to tell me to go to sleep. I have like a script that I'm, I've planned out to keep everyone awake. And so she, Noah, every night she's supposed to go to sleep at like seven thirty eight. Typically she's up until at least nine fifteen doing this routine that she's developed. And so you have to picture her. She lays in her crib, spread Eagle, <laughs> um, and just screams this script at the top of her lungs. So she starts and she's not the best talker, but like we can interpret what she's saying. So she starts off, she'll say, I need donuts, donuts, (laughs) donuts, mom, mom, I need donuts, mama, I need donuts over and over and over again. And the whole time, like poor Ada is like, Noah, I'm trying to sleep. It's bedtime. Noah, Noah, do you know that it's bedtime? So they kind of have this like back and forth going of like the rule follower and the, the rebel. So then sometimes Noah will throw in garlic bread. If she's like feeling spicy that day, I need garlic bread, garlic bread, mama, I want it. And then she moves on to, um, what's the next thing she does? She has this new thing she does. And I don't know why, but she'll, she'll say, I have a question. What's a question? What's a question? <laughs> Mom, dad, what's a question? Ada said, can someone get this lady to pipe down? <laughs> We're like, where did you learn that? I mean, we've probably said it before. Oh, but it's, it. it's so funny. Oh, my gosh. The second I saw that, it was just one of those things I couldn't stop giggling about. I, I mean, it's like been like three weeks and I can't stop laughing. But I did text Mari immediately and go, dear Lord, please let my kids be funny. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> They're such characters. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, on a totally different subject, you guys a while back uh, started a podcast that I'm basically obsessed with called The Pause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I want to hear what is the pause and where did this idea come from? Um, So first of all, I feel like since we're on audio, we should clarify that it's pause as in like pause a video, that type of pause and not like dog pause. Like, like Ada thought when I first told her about it, she was so thrilled. She thought I was doing a podcast about Paw Patrol, her favorite show. And I had to be like, oh, no, not about puppies in any way. Mm. It's actually not that. So P-A-U-S-E, the pause podcast. Okay. Um, so it, how did it come to be? So I, a few years ago, I was feeling, I think we all get this way sometimes, but I was feeling just apathetic and sort of like sluggish in my quiet time. And some of that had come from like, I've been a, a Christian for a very long time and, you know, all relationships hit their, their bumps in the road. And some of it was, um, I had gone through like a pretty rough season of grief 
And I feel like when you go through a season of grief, things get stripped away and you're sort of anything that feels false or isn't serving you sort of like gets pushed to the side and you realize you're sort of left with like the bare bones of what um, is meaningful. And so my quiet time had sort of gotten smashed to pieces in in the wake of this grief. And one thing that had been really healing to me that I, I hadn't factored into like a spiritual life at all was meditation. I went to a grief group for um, bereaved parents. And one of the women led us in like a healing meditation, like a prayerful healing meditation. And it rocked my world. It was a visualization. I sobbed through the whole thing. It was so incredibly healing and cleansing. And I felt so connected to the Holy Spirit throughout. And it really surprised me. I had never, I had, you know, done yoga before and like engaged in meditation. And in that realm is sort of like a relaxation tool, but I had never viewed it as something that I could use in, in connecting with God. Um, so these two things were sort of living separately in my mind is like, you know, I'm feeling disgruntled about quiet time. I'm not sure what's important and what's not anymore. And then on this side, I was feeling so much life and healing in like a mindfulness realm. And one day it just sort of clicked in my head and they sort of meshed together I, I was almost asleep and I just sat up straight in bed. I just grabbed my computer and just started typing. I had this idea. So I typed it all out. And like the first person I thought of was Lindsay, who's my, my good friend since college. Um, and she's a pastor and she's like right there. She had been right there with me in my grief, but also she's just mm-hmm. so wise and so knowledgeable. And I feel like she has this gift for taking like the depth of knowledge about scripture. And instead of, being pandering with it, which I think is something that had been irritating in me in my season of grief. I was like, I'm like, I'm just treading water here. And I felt like there were so many Christian resources that were like, chin up kid, God loves you. And it's like, when you're really struggling, that is just mm-hmm. not enough. And Lindsay never did that to me as a pastor. So I sent her the idea and she just sort of jumped on it and had so many, so much to add to it. And she just, mm-hmm. it was so enriched by her, even just her feedback um, so then I mustered up the courage and was like, will you be my partner in this? please?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I would say too, thank you for saying that, by the way, Mari. Yeah. Um, but I would say too, like right around that time, I was having like conversation after conversation after conversation with really women of all ages. So teenagers, um, you know, people in college, people my age who wanted to know what it meant to spend time with the Lord and how to do it, how to read scripture. And so I realized it was so cool and really divine, the timing of Mari kind of coming to me and me being like, wait, this is actually a needed and a desire of people to know how to connect with the Lord. And and I would say too, like for my own personal experience, I grew up in the church. And so my quiet time was like a checklist, right? It's like, mm-hmm. spend time with God, check, check. And it was a to-do list. And like, realized later in faith that my faith and my mind and my soul was much, much more dynamic than... I had like my quiet time was reflecting. Um, And so kind of broke out of that. And I want people to be able to break out of that, if that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, I love this because I can get in the same, in the same place where, you know, Mm -hmm. you want to spend time with God, you know, that that's a really important thing. Um, And so you, and you want to make it a habit, like anything's easier when it becomes a habit. And so you've made it a habit to spend time with God every day, or you're trying to, but like, sometimes our habits become a little bit stale and Uh there's, it's almost like there's 
one thing in each hand. Like you need to form a habit in order to kind of keep going with something. But also Mm -hmm. it's hard to make a relationship a habit. And so just like our relationships with our friends or with our spouse or with our parents or our siblings or whatever, like whoever is important in our lives, if we don't change things up every once in a while, like if we Mm -hmm. go on the same date over and over and over again, like at Mm -hmm. some point the whole thing has become really stale. And so that, that tug of war a little bit about like how to switch things up so that you're, you're feeding these different parts of your soul and connecting with God in all these different ways, but also like maintaining this kind of habit and rhythm so that you're actually doing it um Mm -hmm. is really tricky and so I love I love that you guys did that so I want to ask because I know that for some women I feel like we could draw a line down our down like the middle of all the women listening for half of them I feel like they're like "Mm, yeah mindfulness like meditation Uh cool great like I'm so on board this is awesome and then the other half are like uh like is any of it like are we supposed to be meditating? Like, is this, what does this have to do with Jesus? Like, is this in the Bible? Like, should I have my red flags going up here? So can we talk through that a little bit? Like what, for anyone who's has like weird, like red flags going up right now, when they hear the words mindfulness or meditation, can you guys like talk, talk, talk us all through that a little bit? Yeah. So this is something that we were aware that there would be red flags, especially in the Christian community. Typically, a lot of people associate mindfulness or meditation, that sort of thing, with Eastern practices, you know, with Hinduism or Buddhism. And so they associate that and then the red flag goes up. It totally makes sense. We completely understand where you're coming from. I think I'll let Lindsay talk about this a little bit more because she's got like the language around it. Um, When we say mindfulness, we have a very specific neurobiological and biblical definition in mind. And we'll get into that. Um, if you want a super deep dive on it, we, in anticipation of these questions, when we launched the podcast, um, our season one bonus episode, which came out before the season, um, in anticipation of these questions, does a really deep dive. Um, we interview two of Lindsay's good friends, Darren, who is a therapist. So he sort of talks about, um, the neurobiological benefits, like how it actually helps your brain and your body. And then her friend Todd, who is a a fellow pastor, and he talks about biblically, um, where do we see mindfulness in the Bible? So if you want to really deep dive on that, our season one bonus episode is a, is a great listen. And it's, you know, an hour's worth of info, but if we had to condense it, (laughs) I think I'm going to let Lindsay take this one actually. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll just add to that. Um, I'm reading a book called Anatomy of the Soul, which I would recommend by Kurt Thompson. And it really takes a look at at how neuroscience and spirituality connect, uh, which is fascinating. I'm making my way through it slowly. Um, But there's one chapter on attention, like paying attention that I was really struck by. And so mindfulness to me, how I would kind of describe it essentially is paying attention to what you're paying attention to. And so we pay attention to things voluntarily or intentionally and then automatically or unconsciously. So the brain's pretty fascinating. And so essentially our lives are affected by what we pay attention to. And the book says that we live most of our lives inattentively, which is crazy to me. Like that really convicted me. I don't want to walk through life inattentive to like what's going on. And so he talks about the story of Moses, which is cool because we did that in season two of The Pause um, and the part of the narrative where he saw a burning bush, because who wouldn't, right? There's a bush that's burning on the side, but you're going to see it. But the narrative says he doesn't just see it. He regarded it. He asked, why is it not burning up? He considered the bush. He went over to take a look at it. 
and God spoke to him after he paid attention to it. And so I love that. And one of the benefits of mindfulness, I think, is obedience, right? It's when we are mindful, there's a more faithful and unhurried response to God's initiative and presence in your life. Um, so I would say mindfulness is bringing awareness to God in your life and how God has made you as a spiritual, physical, and emotional being. Okay. I love that. I love that. That's super helpful. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I'm really glad that you guys did a really deep dive too, because mm-hmm. this is a new thing. You know, this is yeah. this is a new thing for a lot of us. And so, you know, we want to be intentional with the with yeah. the things that yeah. we, you know, invite into our lives. And and mm-hmm. so it's just like when something is new, it makes sense that we ask some questions about it. And so um I really love that. And I want to talk about mindfulness more in a little bit, but Going back to this idea of, you know, we're trying to spend time with God on a regular basis, and sometimes the things that were serving us well in prior seasons just kind of don't anymore. Like, maybe the way that we had quiet time with God in college, like, stopped working once we got into the into the working, like, into the workforce, or maybe mm-hmm. you— I remember I had a really hard time spending time with God right after Carl and I got married. And it was just because all of a sudden there was another human, like not just in my house, but like in my bed first thing in the morning. Like it just knocked my whole schedule and my whole rhythm of of like the way I walked through my day off course. And it took me a really long time to get back on on track. And I'm imagining that the same thing will be happening once we add two little girls to our mm-hmm. lives. Like my quiet times are going to be super different. And so um, I want to ask you guys, I know that you have four different um, ideas of ways that we can like experience God in new ways. And I know mindfulness is one of them, but I want to come back to that at the end. So can you tell us what the other three are? Yeah. So I would say um, studying the Bible is amazing and it's necessary for a life spent following Christ. But if we think of ourselves um, as integrated beings, so as mind, as body, as soul, as spirit, uh, studying primarily benefits the mind, we would say. And so we have emotions and relationships and bodies that all need nourishment too, because we worship with all of them. So they deserve all of our attention. Um, So the first step we would say is to get outside, get outside and get in nature. I think sometimes we have, or at least I did, just had this idea that quiet time had to be sitting down in a chair um, stationary, solitary. Um, and that was the only way I could spend time with God. Um, but there are spiritual, there are physical, there are psychological benefits to being outside in creation and experiencing the creation that um, God created. Um, there are a lot of studies on that, just what a natural landscape does for people, like why going to the beach and the mountains can be so therapeutic, um, why walking, um, having an office with a window with a view, just those kind of things, um, what they can do to your to your spirit and to your psychological, um, to your mind. Um, but I would say for me, one of the things that I've practiced when it comes to getting outside and my quiet time is prayer walks. I have found that to be just life-changing for me. And I will just take a walk in the neighborhood. Um, and sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter. And that's really a time where I connect with the Lord. Um, and that is the time that I spend with him. And so talking about the mindfulness or pay attention to what I'm paying attention to. So if something comes into my mind, I'm praying about it or I'm giving it to the Lord. I'm dialoguing with God about it. Um, so my, my walks have been really a time where I can, um, go with the Lord. And because I'm outside, there are trees and I get to experience, um, clouds and the sun, you know, and it's just a chance for me to, um, lift my head and to, um, just if I'm feeling anxious, it's a time for, um, for me to experience something different. So that would be our first tip is get outside. I love that. I love that. 
Um, our second tip we, so we have get outside and then we had get quiet. So I growing up in, as I was learning, you know, as we all do in Sunday school or whatever, how to have a, a walk in a relationship with God, we get a lot of instruction on how to talk to God. Like prayer is talking to God. Prayer is a conversation with God. But like, if we know anything about conversations, there are two ways, right? You don't just talk at someone. Um, you listen as well. Um, but I was never really taught how to listen to God, at least in my church. I'm sure it's different for everyone. And it occurred to me one time I was sort of moaning and groaning about, I was having a stagnant season in my quiet time. Um, and I was thinking about, you know, relationships and I was thinking about couples therapy, you know, like any TV show or movie you see where people go to couples therapy, what do they always suggest? They talk about listening and it talks mm-hmm. particularly about this tool called active listening, that if anyone's been to therapy, you've probably either engaged in this or been taught this. And it's when you repeat back what the speaker is saying to you. So like in my quiet time, that's sort of taken the form of, so if you take a minute, so I like to take a minute before I read my Bible and I just tell God, like, I'm ready to listen. And then as I ingest and reflect on the scripture, I, I, then I'm a big prayer journaler. So I try finishing these sentences in my prayer journal. This is what I hear you saying about who you are, God. And this is what I hear you saying about who I am. So when you're in a conversation with another human saying active listening, you would say, I hear you saying that you're upset with me. Um, and the benefits of active listening in a human conversation, um, that you, when you're repeating back what you heard, any therapist would tell you, um, not only does it make the speaker who was originally speaking feel known and loved, which in, you know, if you're doing this with God, that constitutes worship. When you're repeating back to him, I hear Mm -hmm. you saying that you're magnificent. I hear you saying that we can trust you. I hear you saying that I'm so loved and that I'm forgiven, but it also, the other benefit of active listening is that it forces your brain to sort of slow down, to pause and comprehend and file the information that the speaker is saying in a much more permanent way. It puts it in a different part of your brain because you know that you're going to have to summarize it back to the speaker. So, so many of us, when we're talking to someone else or when we're talking to God and we're reading the scripture, all we're thinking about is what we're going to say next. But if you're practicing Mm -hmm. active listening, you're ingesting it much more deeply, which in a quiet time situation, like that constitutes study. You're putting, you're burying God's word in your heart, which is what he tells us to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would add something to that. Um, this for me is a huge one. I would say my faith in the last like year and a half has been marked by listening, which is so different from like the first, uh, you know, 30 years of my life for my faith. Um, cause I went through a season of my life where I didn't know how to recognize the voice of God in my life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's a scary feeling when you're like, yeah. I don't know what he sounds like and I don't know how to listen. And, um, and if you've listened to the podcast, I've, I've done a meditation on the throne room, um, where I would just like sit and, and really picture and visualize sitting in the presence of God. Um, and that was like what, um, prayer was to me was just sitting and listening, which was really hard to get used to. Um, but I remember listening to a podcast, it's called the place we find ourselves. And there was one episode where he talks about, um, listening to God and, and God speaks. And he has this line. He was like, God, by his very nature speaks. God mm-hmm. is a God who speaks. And I remember thinking like, uh, you know, you would hear people say like, um, you know, God spoke to me or I heard God say this. And I was like, I don't experience that. And so re- hearing that line, I was like, 
why would I be an exception that God doesn't speak to me, you know, and there's evidence over and over again in scripture where God speaks to his people. And so it just clicked to me where I was like, I'm just not listening. Um, and so learning to sit still or, or slow and still my mind, be able to sit and listen. And like you were talking about Mari, just actively listening was really a game changer for my faith and my quiet time. Cause I was like, I am doing a lot of talking <laughs> I need to listen to God because he's speaking to me. I'm just not hearing it or yeah. listening. I love that. I love that. Listening has been a really big part of my, my, like when I, when I found out that God still speaks, that we can still mm-hmm. hear from him, th- that like he's active and present in our, in our day right now, like yes. right, right now. Um, it just was so life-changing for me. And I think as we're sitting here, I'm like, Ooh, I've been doing a lot of talking lately. <laughs> so it's, so it's, it's something that we get to come back to in all different in all different times, in all different ways. And Lindsay, the other thing that I love that you said, um, just, it was sort of a side note, is you said, you know, the way that I did things for the first 30 years was different. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that a a lot of us, especially if you've been doing this for a while, if you've been a Christian for a while, you might be coming to a place where you're like, I just, my faith feels different. Like it just, Mm -hmm. the things really, truly, it's, it's scary to feel like the things that were working for you for so long aren't really working anymore. Uh Yeah. But I just want to, anyone who's feeling that way right now, just want to encourage you that like, that doesn't mean that something is broken. It means that it's a relationship and there are phases and there are seasons and there, and it shifts and it changes and it grows. And so the fact that you may be feeling like the things that, you know, the same old worship songs don't give you goosebumps the way that they used to, or like, you know, the same way of reading scripture isn't like, isn't helping you feel connected to God the way that it used to. Like mm-hmm. it, you're, you're not, you haven't lost something. Like you're gaining something. You're in the process of gaining something new. You're growing. And I just know that I felt scared at different times when I'm like, ah, well, like, have I lost it? Have I done something wrong? It's no, like this is part of it. It changes throughout our lives. It's supposed to, if our faith looked the same on day one, as it does at the very end of our lives, that means we haven't grown at all. And that's a tragedy. Yeah. So just know that yeah. like, you haven't lost something. You're just, mm-hmm. you're growing. It's a good word. Yeah, that's great, Steph. I um, agree. Okay, so what's number three? We've done two, right? No, wait. That's two. So we had get active or get outside, get gra- get quiet, and now we're going to do get grateful. Something you may not know about me is that I'm fairly particular when it comes to fragrances, especially the ones I have in my home. Don't get me wrong, I love lighting candles, but a lot of the ones I've found in stores have overpowering scents and use chemicals that end up giving me a headache. Plus, I learned that the candle industry contributes to a large amount of carbon emissions and toxicity in our air. That's why I've recently made the switch to Notes Candles, which also happens to be today's Girls' Night sponsor. I love Notes because their scents are high quality but don't smell overly sweet or chemically. But what's even more amazing is that they are on a mission to help eliminate single-use candle vessels with their more earth-friendly option. Did you know that there are almost 2 billion candles sold each year? And almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? Talk about wasteful. But thankfully, Notes does things differently with their refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessels again and again and again. I love this because it's way more sustainable than buying a new candle jar every time you go to the store. And you don't have to feel guilty about throwing your old candle jars in the trash. 
Plus, it's so easy to do and actually really fun. You just place the wick they provide you in your reusable notes jar, fill it up with their wax beads, light your candle, and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. Once you're ready for a new candle, you just repeat the same steps. They have 13 incredible fragrances to choose from, which are all handcrafted by fragrance experts at Notes Home Base in South Carolina. I am obsessed with their vanilla and pepperwood scent. It's cozy and warm and perfect for a movie night with your friends. But they also have other amazing fragrances like citrus and fresh basil, pistachio and rose water, and bamboo and water lily. I cannot wait to try one for every new season. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to Notes. Make the switch and build a starter kit. Right now, Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a Notes starter kit using code GIRLSNIGHT at notescandle.com slash girlsnight. Just use code GIRLSNIGHT when placing your order. That's code GIRLSNIGHT at notescandle.com slash girlsnight. In the last few years, I've prioritized purchasing food products with higher quality ingredients for my family and myself. Products that have more of the real stuff and less of the fake stuff. And it's been so much easier to make that happen since I found Thrive Market. Thrive Market is my new go-to for buying groceries and household items like vitamins and personal care products. The best part is I can order everything online from my sofa and it's quickly shipped right to my doorstep, saving me so much time. If this is your first time hearing about them, Thrive Market only carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They actually restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, making it so much easier to maintain a healthier lifestyle. You can even use their on-site filters to fit your lifestyle needs. For example, you can look for low sugar alternatives, gluten-free items, or organic kid snacks. They have Annie's, Once Upon a Farm, and Dave's Organic Bread, all staples in our weekly grocery trip. But they also have brands and products I've never heard of, which is awesome because I'm always looking for healthy and delicious things to feed the girls and myself. Thrive Market is not only a one-stop shop for basically everything on my grocery list, but it gave me tons of ideas for products I didn't even know about. And by becoming a Thrive Market member, I save money on all of my grocery orders. Along with saving money, you're also helping a family in need with Thrive Market's one-for-one membership matching program. So if you join, they give. Friends, I seriously look forward to my Thrive Market box every time. They have an incredible product selection with brands that are better for you and for the planet. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash girlsnight for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash girlsnight. Thrivemarket.com slash girlsnight. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Does anyone else feel like they could use more time in the day? There are things you want to accomplish, places you want to go, people you want to connect with, but it feels like you're always falling behind. 
Something I'm learning recently, well, always, is that none of us can do it all. We all have to figure out what's most important to us. But doing that alone can feel scary and overwhelming. Well, friends, this is one reason why I've come to love therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. You're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. You frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. You really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing I don't have to. I am at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, that's easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the therapist you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, If you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're looking to sort through your priorities this year, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Learn to make time for what's most important with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash friendship. So I could go on and on about this. I love Mm -hmm. to nerd out on the neuroscience behind gratitude because, you know, you're like, if you've been a Christian any length of time, you hear about gratitude all the time, give thanks, like be grateful, um, which of course seems just like a generally good thing. Um, But then when you start to learn about how it benefits you holistically, Mm -hmm. it's fascinating. And you're like, God is so smart. Like (laughs) he wasn't just saying that, like he knows us. So on a neuroscience level, just like really quick, some of the facts Studies show that just 90 seconds of focused gratitude in your day creates this chain reaction. Like it's like, it's more complex, but I'll try and summarize it. It creates this chain reaction um, within your your nervous system and your vagus nerve specifically. It tells your brain to release over a thousand healing and, you know, what they call happy chemicals. And they can flood your whole body for up to six hours. So just 90 seconds of gratitude can give you six hours of healing and happiness, which is incredible to me. We know Mm -hmm. on top of that, we know that gratitude stimulates your pineal gland, which is what releases melatonin. So it helps you fall asleep. Gratitude at bedtime, doing a gratitude practice helps you fall asleep, helps you sleep more deeply. Um, We know that people who practice gratitude have shown in studies to have better immune systems. So they get sick less often and they heal quicker when they do get sick. So gratitude could literally save your life. Plus, Never mind the fact that it's all over scripture. Like it mm-hmm. is, the Bible is just full 
of commands for us to give thanks. And like one of the biggest ones is to enter God's gates with thanksgiving that like when we go to pray, like we're supposed to bust in there with gratitude. Hmm. Um, there was that Ann Voskamp book that was so popular a few years back. And now I can't remember the name of it. A Thousand Gifts. Oh, I read it. It was so yes. good. Yes. And she dives more into the, the theology of gratitude and why it's so important, how it's so central to like the act of, um, of us being sanctified throughout our lives that like gratitude is really, really important in our growth as Christians, as we were talking about, yeah, you have, if you're the same day one as you are on the last day, like you haven't grown for that growth to happen. Gratitude is essential for that. So that's our third one is get grateful. And ironically, these three tips we have given you can sort of be summarized under this general umbrella of get mindful. Like all of these things are involved in a mindfulness practice, getting gratitude and quieting yourself and listening. And, um, we do a lot of the getting outside stuff like nature is very involved in it. So that is like, that's all part of what we do on the podcast. So like with all those things said, all those things being a part of it, what is a mindfulness practice? So mindfulness, like Lindsay had said earlier, it's the act, like in its most simple form is the act of paying attention to what you're paying attention to. So, you know, in scripture, we see a lot of um, talk about the spirit. And it's interesting that both the Hebrew and the Greek word for spirit can be translated into breath. So I think that's something that's really essential and and special to keep in mind as you're incorporating mindfulness into a spiritual practice that, you know, the Bible says that God's as close to us as our very breath. And so one of the easiest ways from a practical standpoint to start a mindfulness practice and how we start most of our mindfulness mm-hmm. on the pause um, is with breathing, is paying attention to your breath. It's this built-in regulation system that we are given as a gift. And it also reminds us that the Holy Spirit is as close to us as our breath. So as we're sitting there, quieting our minds, slowing down, we foc- we start by focusing on our breath going in and out of our body. So we like to remind people, like, let's focus on the how close the Holy Spirit is to us. And like, it is literally as easy as just paying attention to him being there. Like the Holy Spirit never leaves us. We leave him. Like we get busy with our day. We do our thing. We stop paying attention. So when we draw our attention inward, that's like the very, I would say the very first step in any mindfulness practice. Okay. Yeah. And I would say too, um, there are so many ways to be mindful. Um, there's breath prayers, like kind of what Mari was just describing, but that is literally taking a phrase and like literally breathing in and out like Jesus in the morning, you can do that. Like, Hey, Jesus, take my day, you know, and, um, or help me love, or, you know, just phrases like that. And you can practice breathing in and out. That's one. Um, Lectio Divina is another one. Um, and that's incorporating scripture with meditation. And so that's reading scripture out loud, sitting still, you can put a timer on for like a minute and allowing God to, um, help you, your mind focus on what words he wants you to take out of scripture. There's centering prayer. I mean, there's a ton of different ways that you can sit with scripture, um, and meditate. So practically there's like a ton and we like, we use a bunch of different ones in our episodes of the pause. So that's, that's really cool. And, and Mm -hmm. the thing about this that's so exciting to me is I, I like going back to what you said at the beginning, Lindsay, like scripture is essential, but when we're studying yeah. scripture, that's an exercise for our minds. And so I feel like we all, I, I don't know, I felt this sort of like itchiness of I need something 
like I want to experience God. I want to be, I want to feel closer Mm -hmm. to him. I want to quiet down. Like I'm exhausted, you know, or I, I'm all over the place. Like, how do I, how do I curl up with him? And like, to me, that's what all these things are is, Mm -hmm. um, and I've tried lots of them, you know, it's just this way of like curling up with God and just Mm -hmm. of spending time with him. Yeah. And I think if you really think about the fact that mindfulness is really biblical and there are so many ways, and Mari talked about this too with the breath, but there are so many ways that the practice is is talked about in scripture. Um, And so mindful, um, the word mindful, there's a connection um, in the Greek that it means remember. Um, So there's connection between being mindful and remembering. Um, And so the Greek word in the New Testament for remember is the car, and it's also translated to mean to be mindful, which I think is really cool. And there's actually several words. There's another one, um, meneme, which I'm like not (laughs) at all, but it's spelled N-E-M-E, which is the same kind of translation where it, to be mindful and remember. Um, So the command to remember is all over scripture, right? It's from the Israelites to the Psalms to Jesus. And so when scripture tells us to remember, remember what God has done, uh, remember who God says you are, it's essentially telling us to be mindful, and so if you like think about that process, it's pretty powerful. And I know this is going to sound simplistic, but the times where I feel pulled down by the chaos in my own mind and by the lies I'm hearing and my inner critic, it's when I pause and I stop and I remember um, I'm mindful of who God is and who God says I am. And so that is like, when I think about that and those two words and how they're connected, um, and how much the scripture commands remember is really cool. Um, and then I would love to add a verse to, um, it's first Peter three, four, it says, you know, um, inner beauty, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. And I remember reading that and being like, I do not have a gentle and quiet spirit. <laughs> like, I, I will never have that. That's not my personality. It's not the way I was born. And I really felt a lot of tension around that. And it talks about this inner self of a gentle and quiet spirit. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. It felt like submission and it felt like just personality that I didn't have. Um, but the more I read it and reflect it, the more I practice mindfulness, I realized that that is more of a posture and a demeanor and to quiet your soul is really to have a gentle and quiet spirit. And so that is really when I think about meditation that and, and mindfulness, that's what I'm aiming for is this is first Peter three, four is I want to have an inner self that's integrated and connected to the Lord. And that's quiet and gentle. It's nothing to do with like my personality, you know, it is more to do with, with how I sit. Um, and you know, like you were saying, Steph, spending time, um, with the Lord and being close to him and things like that. Hmm. That's so good. How do you guys incorporate mindfulness into your everyday lives? Like, how does this, with whatever we're already doing to connect with God or whatever we're already doing in our days, what does it look like? How do we add mindfulness into like the cake batter of our lives? Does that make sense? Yeah. And I would say for me, I already kind of mentioned it a little bit earlier when I talked about getting outside, but I think there's a common misconception when it comes to mindfulness is that it's stillness and that like stillness of your body. But um, for me, I love movement. And I think mindfulness to me is movement. 
And I think um, you can move your body while stilling your mind. Um, so movement has allowed me to um, still my mind. Um, so that's the prayer walks I talked about. It's also yoga. Um, I think there's a connection between your body and your brain, which ultimately means there's a connection between your body and your emotion. Um, so for me, it's, it's yoga with yoga with Adrian shout out on YouTube. She's awesome. Oh, yes. She's the best. So that prayer walks and like, honestly, the prayer walks, like they take five to 10 minutes, you know? And so I do that in the morning sometimes or in the evening, um, when it's not so hot. Um, and I just take a walk. And so that's kind of what it looks like for me. Um, and then also in this season, um, I've been, I typically like to sit in scripture. Um, so I will like sit in a Psalm. And what I mean by that is like, I'll wake up each day, um, or at night. I like to do my quiet time at night. I think sometimes there's a thought you have to do it in the morning. Um, I like to do mine at night and I'll, I'll read a Psalm and I'll read it for like a couple days or even weeks until I feel like, okay, um, I'll keep, keep moving on. Um, but I, I read it, I pray through it. I journal about it. Journaling is a really great way to be mindful. Um, so those are kind of the ways that, um, I'm mindful. And I would say too, like a word is just grace. Um, and you had talked about this stuff when you were talking about how things change, but there's grace and there's grace when your quiet time looks different and that's okay. Um, there's grace if you don't have the answer, if you're trying to figure something out, it's okay to sit. Um, and the thing I've learned through that is that God is Emmanuel. He's with us. And so he sits with us and, um, whatever suffering or grief or pain or joy that we're experiencing. Um, so that's kind of what my mindfulness looks like right now. I love that. Mari, what about you? Yeah. Lindsay, as you were talking about Emmanuel, it was sort of, um, vibing with what I, I wanted to talk about. Um, I think if anyone is um, still a little confused or unsure on um, sort of the basics of how to incorporate mindfulness practically into your quiet time, like think about what you do all day, every day. Like for the most part, most of us are just running from one thing to the next. We're very busy. And even in situations where we're not necessarily doing something, our culture has found ways to fill it. Like if you're riding the bus to work, you don't just sit there likely you're probably listening to music, reading a book, listening to a podcast. You know what I mean? We fill our silences in a way that cultures before us probably didn't. And be as a result of that, a lot of us don't even take, you know, three minutes on any mm-hmm. given day to have silence in our lives. And we don't realize how powerful and healing silence can be for us. And so I think if you're looking for like a a quick summary of what mindfulness would produce, mindfulness would produce being in the present, Mm. being present where you are. And one of the easiest ways to facilitate that is with silence, solitude, or stillness. Those are sort of like the three S's of any contemplative practice, which is like, you know, reflecting on your soul. And so think about what it would take for you to push your busyness to the side to carve out like a little bubble in your day to be present in the moment. Mm -hmm. That's what mindfulness is. That's what it all boils down to. And why it's so powerful spiritually is that the present is where God is. Like God says, I, when Moses asked God, like, who are you? What's your name? He says, I am. He doesn't say Mm -hmm. I was, he doesn't say I will be. And obviously he's, he is those things too, but he's like, I am, I'm right here. When you 
choose to carve out space to be present where you are, whether that means like Lindsay does when she's walking and Mm -hmm. her, the physicality of walking is what keeps her in the present moment. And I'm a little bit different. When I go for a walk, I kind of just space out. That doesn't facilitate it for me as much. I do like the prayer journaling Mm -hmm. and really, you know, tuning into my emotions and um, processing through something like that, that brings me into the present. So whatever you do that connects you to the present moment if you can incorporate that, if you can figure that out and incorporate it into your quiet time, then that's being mindful with your quiet time. So yeah, I talked about how I do the active listening in my prayer journaling. Lindsay does her prayer walks and we have, you know, at, at this point we have two seasons full of episodes and every episode we do a different type of mindfulness. And there's as many ways to practice mindfulness in worship as there is, you know, 45 episodes of our podcast at least. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think that that's how um, we've been doing it. And Lindsay talked about um, emotions in our body and moving and how that's all connected. I think in the present moment for a lot of us, we're processing a lot of grief and sadness. There's a lot of injustice in the world that we're being made aware of. And a lot of us are fighting to digest that and to find our place in, you know, the great kingdom of God and the justice that it promises. And I think that one of the problems for a lot of us in finding our way to the present moment is that the present moment can be really painful, Mm -hmm. especially in seasons of grief. And so it's really easy to just think, you know what, I'll do that later. Like, yikes, I'm just going to let, I'm going to turn on Netflix or, oh, I'm just going to like, you know, do this instead. We, we scatter away from the present moment because there's so much grief there. So one thing, Lindsay and I, as we've been processing the grief and trying to sit in it for the sake of justice, um, that we've been talking a lot about is the mindful biblical practice of lament. It's basically the, the process of being present fully in sadness um, and recognizing it is recognizing it as God's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's like, um, putting words to grief. It's like crying out in grief. Cause sometimes we want to just like shove that down, you know, and the lament is like, um, no, I'm going to cry out and I'm going to be present. I'm going to take my grief and give it to God. Um, like, I think it's like 70% of the Psalms are laments, which I think is really cool. So David lamented all the time, which I think is awesome. That's really, I'm glad that you said that, Mari, because, because yeah, on any given day, like turn on the news and something hard is happening. You know, we've been yeah. through so, we've been through so much this year already and yeah. like in our world and as a country, let alone in our own individual lives, like we all have so much going on and, and I'm the queen of you know, I love emotions. I'm such a feeler, but I'm very selective about which ones I like and which ones I would rather <laughs> not feel. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I, I can totally like try to run from them or hide from them or numb them. But um, I love that like God is so kind to us. And the fact that so much of the Psalms are lament, like we can just read yeah. those words out loud. Like we can just borrow David's words if we don't have our own. Yes. And I'm so glad that there's like a whole... I don't, I don't even know like what to call it, but like the lament, I'm so glad lament, lament is a thing, you know, because we just yeah. really need it sometimes. Cause you're right. The present moment is not always something we want to spend a whole lot of time sitting in. 
I think especially in church settings, sometimes it's easy to feel like if I can't get to those happy feelings, then like Mm -hmm. church or worship, it's not a place for me. Like if, if my present moment is dark and hard and sad and scary, then like I got to get happy before I can go be a Christian again. And I think that the biblical and mindful practice of lament reminds us that like God gave us all of our emotions and God is with us in all of our circumstances. And actually he promises to be close to us when we're brokenhearted. Mm-hmm. And so like, no, you belong in this present moment with, with the Holy spirit, even when it's hard and dark and scary. And that like mindfulness is a gift that allows us to be there and still belong. You guys, I love this. I'm so grateful for this. I'm so grateful for another way of connecting with the Lord and growing with him. And like, it's just another tool for our tool belt. And I'm so happy Mm -hmm. about that. Well, first of all, tell me, tell me, so we've talked a lot about mindfulness, but that's not all that's in an episode of the pause. So what (laughs) what happens in an episode of the pause? And then we'll get to the end. My little favorite part of it. Each episode of the pause is anywhere from, I think our shortest episode was 17 minutes and our longest is a little over 30, I think. So each Mm -hmm. episode of the pause is, it's pretty brief. And each season we work our way through a book of the Bible. So season one, we worked through James in 15 days. So we did 15 days in the book of James. Um, and we have a new episode every weekday during, mm-hmm. during the releases. And then season two, we did the book of Exodus and we did 30 days in Exodus cause it's a little longer. So each day we're working through a different portion of scripture. So each episode starts off with either Lindsay or I sort of leads the episode And so we'll start off by reading whatever scripture it is that we're sort of talking about that day. And then we dive into a chat and it's, Mm -hmm. it's casual and it's lighthearted. But one thing that has surprised me is we've gotten a lot of feedback of people saying, I was pleasantly surprised at how in depth this was, or, you know, these girls are so, so funny and cool that you wouldn't think that they were smart. And it kind of like, (laughs) it kind of makes me laugh and I kind of want to be like, listen, ladies, we can be all the things like it is from sitcoms where we think that you have to be the pretty girl or the smart girl or the funny girl. Mm-hmm. Like you can be all of them all mm-hmm. at the same time. And <laughs> I like to think that Lindsay and I are all of them. Like, yeah, we're funny. And like, we're going to joke about the Lord of the Rings or like dumb movies that we've watched, but then we're also going to dive into some pretty deep, you know, theological controversy. So we have our chats and I like to think mm-hmm. that they're we sort of flirt with that line between depth and levity. And then we do two discussion questions um, and then we answer them. So we sort of ask them of each other and it informs our chat. And then we do a mindfulness practice. So there's a ton of different ways we've done that. Sometimes we'll do a visualization. Sometimes we'll do a body scan. Lindsay's done a walking meditation, which is really cool. And then it's over. So it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's pretty quick once it's all wrapped up. Mm-hmm. One of my mm-hmm. favorite things about about the show and about you guys is just that, and I really like that. Like you just talk about God in real words, and that's so important to me. That's always mm-hmm. been important to me. Um, and so it, I feel like your show is a really, it's it is a pause. It's a breath of fresh air for all kinds of people who are in all kinds of seasons. But if for someone who's sitting in a place where they're like a little tired, a little burned out, a little like angry even like if you've just kind of been through something hard or a whole bunch of people Mm -hmm. said the wrong thing to you or you know you feel like you have to kind of shine yourself up or have the right answer to show up like the the pause is just not a place like that and you guys as people aren't 
I love it so much. Well, okay, so I'm so excited about this. You guys are going to share with us one of the mindfulness practices from the pause. Like we're actually going to get to do one here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to dive on in. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay. Um, so tell us a little bit of background, like, because we're not going to have the whole episode, like, how do we get to where, like, what's leading up to this mindfulness exercise to give us some context for it? Sure. So the exercise we decided to do today, it's from season one, and it's from an episode where we talked about being in hardship being, um, James talks about trials and temptations and tests, um, that we've all had seasons that like Lindsay and I call like your wilderness season where you're just out there just in survival mode. Um, and we talk a lot on the episode about how God meets us there. And so to set up the, this visualization, we talked about how Lindsay and I are similar in that, like we both have this tendency in a season of hardship to go to one extreme or the other, we either veer straight towards victim. Like no one has ever had it this hard before. I can't go on. I'm going to curl up into a ball and die. Or we go (laughs) to the other end and we're like, I am a boss lady. I'm going to take this on. I'm going to crush it. I will take care of this myself. And when we kind of, when we hold that up to the light of what, who God says we are, they're both pretty false, (laughs) you know, one is striving and one is shame. And both of those are not okay in light of um, who Jesus says we are. And so this visualization is something that I use in my life quite often um, to sort of combat those two identities that I feel drawn to in hardship that are false identities and to remind myself of exactly who God says we are. So we use a list of identities and names that the Holy Spirit calls us in that God and Jesus name us in scripture, like who we are and the truth of that. And we declare that over ourselves throughout this visualization after we cast off some of those false identities. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we should probably say you guys had a couple different ideas for, um, for exercises to share. And I like totally <laughs> grabbed the wheel and was like, can we do this one instead? <laughs> so, this mm-hmm. one was just really meaningful to me. And so I, I'm grateful for you guys letting me hijack this whole thing, but everyone know that, that at the end of every single episode, they have a different mindfulness exercise and they just have been, they're just, I mean, they're so like, you just, you get to curl up with God and you feel so refreshed afterwards. And so I'm so grateful for the work that you guys are doing. Thank you. Thanks for saying that. I feel like Mm -hmm. actually, it's funny that you said that you I think the two episodes where we've gotten the most feedback from people about the mindfulness, it was so interesting and so touching to me was, so mine was this one that we're going to do today. And for Lindsay's, it was her throne room visualization that she Mm -hmm. uses quite often in her worship. And we got so much feedback about both of them. And I just thought that that was really beautiful. And I think it's something Mm -hmm. to keep in mind, even as you're doing it. I think the reason they resonated so much with people is that Lindsay and I spoke from um, the place of our deepest vulnerability and humanity Mm -hmm. and that you're not alone in the thing that you really struggle with in your quiet time or really struggle with in your identity in Christ. There's thousands of girls or thousands of people out there who are struggling with the same thing. And I think that's why people, this resonated with them so much was that, you know, we shared our insecurity. And then when we go into this mindful space and we share the way that we combat those lies and the way that we speak truth of ourselves, it's really powerful. And also to remind ourselves that like, we're not alone in that. Yeah. 
I love that. Okay, well, without any further ado, you guys ready? Let's dive in. Let's do it. If you're able to close your eyes, go ahead and do that. Let's take, let's start off with three slow, deep breaths. So inhale and exhale. Inhale and exhale. Imagine yourself inhaling light and then exhaling tension. Now repeat after me. I am no victim. Nor am I a source. I am a conduit of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is within me and I have everything I need. I want you to picture yourself as an actual conduit, a hose or a wire, some sort of connector. And the top of the flow starts above you, up in the heavens, and it flows down straight to the center of your belly, if you can picture that. From there, it fills up. So picture your entire core just filling up with light or energy or water, whatever feels right. So you inhale and you feel it in the furthest expansion of your rib cage, filling every nook and cranny. It keeps flowing and flowing and flowing. And now it's at your heartbeat. And now it's at your collarbone, in your throat. And suddenly it's spilling out your mouth, a crisp, warm exhale. And with every inhale, it's filling and filling. And with every exhale, it's pouring out just a continuous flow from heaven through you. Now think about what you need, the things you're tempted to beg or strive for on your own. Maybe it's peace, maybe it's creativity. Maybe it's order, companionship, forgiveness, light. Picture the words that you need jumbled up in the waterfall or electricity or light coming down from the source above your head, an alphabet soup. The words rain down, splash in the depth of your belly and begin to fill you up. Picture them expanding as you breathe, growing brighter, and warmer inside of you as you acknowledge them and thank God for them. When they fill to reach your mouth, just say them out loud. I am full of peace. I am full of clarity. I am full of safety. Full.
friends, let's carry this image with us into the day, knowing that the flow we pictured is eternal. We are never cut off or dried out. We are never separated from the source of all good things. Let's take one more deep, deep breath and smile and count it all joy. Friends, that was our last episode of season 10. I feel like this season totally flew by, right? It's crazy because as I'm recording this, I'm a few weeks out from our due date with our baby girls. But as you're listening to this, I might be currently in labor or the girls might already be here. So crazy. So anyway, because of these enormous changes happening in our family, I'm going to be on maternity leave for the next few months, but I promise you I will be back. We'll be starting season 11 sometime in February, and we already have some incredible episodes recorded for you. I cannot wait for you to hear them. But in the meantime, if you haven't already gone back to listen to past episodes of Girls' Night, I would totally encourage you to do so. I love the library of episodes we've put together over the last few years. We've had some incredible guests, and I've gotten to be part of some truly life-changing conversations, so don't be shy about digging through the archives while I'm gone. And since it'll be a few months until we talk again, I just want to tell you guys how much I adore each and every one of you, and how grateful I am that you're part of our Girls' Night community. I love this show, and you guys are truly what makes it so special. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here, for being part of our Girls' Night community. I hope you have an incredible Thanksgiving and the merriest Christmas. And until we talk again, I promise to share baby pictures over on Instagram. (laughs) Love you guys. I'll see you in February. February.